0: is Saturday, July 24th, 2021. It's a lovely day in Lancaster County. Now, just for those who are listening to today's podcast, the way that I met Dan was through a prayer gathering at the church that he attends. Now, you attend Calvary Monument Bible Church, where we're recording this today. Um, We have been part of a prayer group that meets on Saturday mornings, so Dan, how long have you been coming here to Calvary Monument Bible Church?
1: Probably uh, seven or eight years. Um, all the rest of those years, I went to a church in New Providence I in UCC along uh, 222. Mm-hmm. And I went there from very early on. And uh, we, we decided to look at other churches. And uh, our first church was here. And um, I stayed ever since the first sermon we had to hear the second sermon, and we just stayed
0: that's great. was Chris pastor at that time?
1: No, he was not no okay he was not
0: so you you came and you endured even through a pastoral transition
1: yes, yes, that's good and uh yes
0: so now um the ministry you work for. Tell us a little bit about that ministry.
1: Uh, I work for Hand Evangelism, which is located in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. Um, it is a threefold ministry. It is a 40-year-old ministry that that uh, I've learned that God has had His hand on for a long, long time, and He continues to have His hand on it today and continues to guide it. Um,
0: what are those three? three parts.
1: The three parts are um, grief, training and equipping churches or or organizations. And the other part is uh, disabilities, handicaps. Okay. Uh, they do a lot of Bible clubs. They do, uh, this year they, because of uh, COVID, uh, they did what they called day camps. Mm-hmm. And because parents were still a little leery about sending their I say child, but some of these children are 40, Mm -hmm. 30, 40 years old. Right,
0: yeah. But they have a a childlike faith, a mm childlike energy. Uh, When I was at Black Rock Retreat, I worked with many of them, and Nancy would have, when she was on staff, many moons ago. (laughs) Don't date (laughs) us, Kendall. so those are the threefold aspects of the ministry, and you work in in the section on the
1: grief. I, I work role. in the grief part. Yes. Yeah. With with Tim Sheets, and he is the founder. Him and his wife, Tim and Kathy, are the founders of uh, HVMI, and uh, they have been with it from its inception. Yeah. yeah so.
0: So now tell us about uh, the grief part of the ministry. What are ways that Uh, You seek to minister to families that are going through grief and 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 what are those programs?
1: Um, The program is is called BASIS. Okay, and that's is uh, Brothers and sisters in support and that's what it stands for and it brings People together that have had a loss Um, Doesn't matter what age what type of loss whether you go to church, whether you don't go to church, it's open to anybody. And um, we have, we presently have six groups. Uh, there's two in Lebanon, one in northern, southern Lebanon, and then there's one in Akron, one in Paradise, um, one in Alden, PA, down toward Westchester, down that way, and then one in Delaware. Okay. So that that's where we're at. OK, so
0: if somebody wanted to participate in one of those groups how would they uh, connect to a
1: group we we have done uh, different things through the advertiser the penny saver the Chronicle at one time there was an article but it's mostly word of mouth mm-hmm. um, what I'm doing now is I try to move, let pastors know what we what the ministry is all about not just basis but the entire ministry, mm-hmm. and kind of word of mouth, and um, people tell you things about other people, and mm-hmm. there's dots out there, God connects those dots, yeah. and uh, sometimes maybe we'll send a, a card or a little encouragement note. Um, nobody is ever forced, nobody ever has to talk when they come, right. they can just listen, but.
0: And people could come one time or more than one time, multiple times. Yes. That's yes. good. So if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to contact you? The best
1: way is to contact through Hand Evangelism. They can do it through there. Uh, is also, there a
0: website? or? There a is a network? website.
1: It's hvmi.org. Okay. Very simple. Yeah. They can get on the website and see uh, what, what the ministry is about. But they can call up there, or for our group in our area, the Paradise area, uh, Quarryville, Strasburg, they can call Calvary Monument mm-hmm. Bible Church. Okay. And they can give relay that information on to us. Then we'll get in contact with them.
0: Okay. And where does that particular group meet?
1: That, the Paradise group meets at our home okay. on White Oak Road. Okay. And um, we, we meet every second Tuesday of the month at seven o'clock, I usually wait out in the driveway so people know. In the wintertime, I put a lantern on the light pole kind of at the end of the drive so people don't go past it.
0: Sounds a little bit like Narnia to me. (laughs) You're coming to a place where uh, you can uh, experience transformation. Look for the light post. Look for the light (laughs) post.
1: And And it's a safe place. It's a place where everyone there has gone through some type of a loss, mm-hmm. um, grandparents or parents. Um, yeah, that's yeah. what it's geared to.
0: Now, your family has had your own loss experience, so you're not coming at this just from an intellectual perspective. Tell us. No. A little well, bit I, of your story.
1: I I can tell you a little bit. I am the least person that would ever be doing anything like this. I have been a maintenance mechanic my entire life, Um, Mm -hmm. 20 years at St. Joe Hospital and then the last 17 down at Quarryville. And Mm -hmm. um, through the death of our son, um, which was four years ago, Mm -hmm. um, very unexpected, very sudden, Um, we I can talk about. Do you want me to talk about that death you can, specifically? You can talk as much about that as you want.
0: If you're, if you're, you know, willing I, to and able to.
1: <laughs> it has been one year since I left my last job at Quarryville mm-hmm. to go with this ministry, and, mm-hmm. and another week it'll be a full year, mm-hmm. and I can hardly believe it's been a year that I have not gone to work, so to speak. I'm doing another type of work now, right. But yeah. I do believe that God prepares us for things we don't even realize we're being that are going to happen in our lives. Yeah, And um, I've had a total of uh, seven deaths in our family um, since I think it was 2006. Mm. And each one was, has been different. Yeah. And the last death was the death of our son, mm-hmm. who was 30 years old. Um, in the beginning of 2016, February, we received a phone call that um, he was going to the hospital down in Christiana. He lived in Delaware. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife went right down, and uh, he was diagnosed with testicular cancer. hmm and so he was at a time there and did nine weeks of chemo treatment. Mm-hmm. At the end of those nine weeks, he did a, a PET scan. Mm-hmm. And he still had hot, what they call hot spots in the body. Mm-hmm. And um, the search was on. He asked the doctor, well, what do you recommend? And uh, he, he talked about removing lymph nodes. Mm-hmm. And he, he asked the doctor if he had ever done this. And he said, it one other time. Mm. And he didn't feel real comfortable with his answer. So the search was on for another alternative. Mm-hmm. My wife is a nurse at, at uh, Lancaster General. as a case manager. And she worked on the uh, cancer floor mm-hmm. there. She started to do her research, as every mother would do. Mm-hmm. Check things out. Um, and the company that my son worked for was called Shelton House. In New Jersey and his it turns out that his boss is an oncologist at Penn in Philadelphia okay well between the two what his wife recommended and what my wife found was a doctor down there they both they both this is who they Mm -hmm. talked to yeah so from there he went he went to Penn and uh, they opened him up from the neck down mm-hmm. took out a lot of lymph nodes it was mm-hmm. a 10hour operation mm-hmm. and uh, that was in July I believe the end of July he healed through August when it started going back to work and the night of um, 2000 see it was it, it was the fifth October 5th 2016. My wife and I were here at church at a Bible study. Mm-hmm. I was in the men's group. She was in a ladies' group. We went home. As every good guy does, she, she went to bed, and I watched the ball game. <laughs> I believe it was World Series, and the Dodgers were playing. And like every guy, they kind of snooze.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the phone rang. Mm-hmm. It was late at night. I looked at the television screen and saw a name on there. Didn't, didn't recognize the name. And my wife came out and said, who called? And um, I said, I, I told her the name that was on the screen. And she said, well, that's, that's Andy's girlfriend.
0: Okay.
1: And so I said, I'm going to bed. The phone rang again. Mm-hmm. She picked it up. And I will never forget the voice that I heard from her. It was in like a, an unbelievable tone that he's what? Mm-hmm. A- and Tracy had told her that she, they were trying to contact her. She was at work, and Andy always came home after work. Mm-hmm. And he did not come home that day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But she didn't know where he was. He didn't answer her cell phone. Had no communication. She started calling some local hospitals. State police well, I guess the state police came there, but nobody was there because she was working. Mm-hmm. And um, through that she she was notified after later on that he was at New Jersey hospital.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that was our experience. We from that from that point on, uh, we called our son, mm-hmm. other son that lives in Conestoga. He met us at Quarryville at Goods. He drove us down. We picked her up in Delaware. Mm-hmm. From there we went to New Jersey to the hospital. It was like two in the morning, something like that. Two. Yeah. And her parents were coming down from New York. Mm-hmm. And um, we went there and we went into the ER and they said, we don't have anybody here by that name. What? So we just, we kind of froze. And wow. And we said, well, we were told to come here. Yeah. And uh, they said, well, wait a minute. And they went and got a supervisor. And this person came out. And took us to another room and said yes, he is there and This is a hospital that they use for people that are declared dead on the scene of the accident Wow so which we didn't know and uh, But we were not allowed to see him We we couldn't get any of his things or anything Mm. so we came back home Mm -hmm. and um, I, I remember it was that this time it was like 5 in the morning, something like that, 5, 6. Uh, my wife and I were going on vacation the next day. Oh, my. We were leaving for vacation with two other couples. And um, before, before we were going to leave, um, the phone rang, and it was my son. He said, don't let Mom watch the news. Well, she wanted to turn the news on to see if she would see, which I said, why do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't, you know, and that was the start of the things I was going to learn about how men and women grieve differently. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. very differently. Because I didn't, yeah. didn't want to see the news. She wanted to see the news. Right. I couldn't understand that. Yeah. Well, it was too late. She already had the news on and the accident was there. Mm-hmm. So that was very unsettling for me that that he called... So, like, I'm sorry, I went earlier, we were going to go on vacation. I couldn't just call these two other couples and say, because we were meeting early to leave yeah. to go up to New York. Okay. So we went together as a couple and went over to where we were going to meet, and um, we told them, and of course, I don't, I don't remember of us shedding any tears. I think we were in shock. Right. We were still yeah. in shock. Yeah. But I remember seeing them cry. They weren't going to go. We said, no, 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 no. Please go. Go, because we had planned this. Right. So they went. They did mm-hmm. go. And uh, from there, you know, we can... I don't know what else. I can, yeah, There's yeah. a lot of things I could set, right. talk about. Right. Anyway.
0: So was it was it a vehicle accident?
1: Or what was the accident? It, it was. It turned out that um, he was coming home from work. Uh-huh. And... Um, a, a tractor-trailer flipped in his vehicle, is what wow. it was. And it was right at the, the curve. There's a curve, if you're familiar down there, where uh, the New Jersey-Delaware Bridge, there's a curve where you come around before you get onto the bridge. Mm-hmm. And the tractor-trailer flipped on his vehicle. Wow. And mm-hmm. from what I understand, it was closed for hours till they know yeah. all the stuff they had to do.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. Um, wow. That's... That's a powerful story, and and one of the reasons it's powerful to me, and I've shared with you, Dan, the the point of this podcast, is to help alert people to say none of us know. And that's quite a story because Nancy and I have often talked that she has a diagnosis of cancer, and from human perspective, it would appear that Nancy will go to heaven before me. She's going to beat me there, probably, but, reality the, is, but the reality is, I might beat her there. Yeah. And that's, that's just the, the unpredictability of life. And to realize that we have to have the courage to do what we can to prepare for that. Now, one of the things that I appreciate about the ministry that you have in working with people through grief is that I think one of the reasons why people struggle to think about death is because of th- there is almost this grieving you need to do within yourself realizing I'm not going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's, there's a sense of grieving that we need to do mm-hmm. and we don't really want to do that. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> we're forced to. <laughs> yes, yes better to decide to do it and walk that path before you come to face to face with your own mortality. Yeah. So one of the things I would like to hear from you, Dan, is when you help people or try to guide people through these um, gatherings to work through their grief, and you already mentioned this, people grieve differently But I would think, and please tell me if I'm wrong about this in your experience, I would think that the one piece of advice that is universal to everyone is that avoiding grief, avoiding the pain, uh, saying I don't want to deal with it at all is not a good option. Somehow we have to work through it. Would you, would you say that, that's, that that would be something that is universal, even I, though people process it differently?
1: I, I would say that's true. Uh, the one thing that we do say, when, when people start to come to the groups, we, we don't have the answers. Right. We individually do not have the answers. But we can show them the compassion that mm-hmm. Jesus had
0: mm-hmm.
1: for others. And a lot of the times when we we do things um in the New Testament that that shows Jesus compassion. But we also go a lot to the Old Testament in Psalms, um, we do a lot Job is is one that we talk about a lot, what he went through, how he endured and his friends and mm-hmm. and then God confronts him and, and asks him, you know, who who are you to question? Where are the four corners? And, mm-hmm. You know, um, and we've all, anyone that's experienced a sudden death uh, or a tragic death or horrific death, um, you all have those questions, but you, mm-hmm. we, we'll we never get those answers, at no, least not, not while we're on yeah, the earth.
0: Not, not here, not here. Yeah, I, I would say uh, I don't know that I've ever talked to anyone said, oh yeah, I completely understand why this happened. Mm -hmm. We don't understand but there there can be a a transition from, from fighting it or allowing the experience to overwhelm or to dominate our life. There's a difference between that and getting to a place where you learn to live and keep living and even live in healthy ways despite the pain and despite the sorrow and despite the loss how what what are ways that you've seen to be helpful i know you're saying you you guys don't have answers but i'm hearing one of the things i'm hearing is the value of community and to come together and to share, be in share. a place where you can talk about it, and also maybe know that you're not alone.
1: Right, right. That's that's very much a part of it. Uh, to share with a group of people. You're right. If I send an encouragement note to somebody, because I, that's the one thing I struggle with the most is when when to contact somebody,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and how to do it, what to say, and. You can't say, I know how you feel no. right. <laughs> because I don't know you. Right. Yeah. But I can relate to what you're going through yeah. uh, through a, a loss. Mm-hmm. And uh, just open it up. Let them know that you're there and that God does love them. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. there's somebody, there's people that care. Right. And yeah. um, that's, that's, you know, the one thing, there was a question in one of the other groups um, what have you learned through your grief?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and it's not that our time exactly what you said at the beginning, our time on earth is just a mere mm-hmm. whisper mm-hmm. yeah, and our eternity is in heaven, mm-hmm. and that's what we all look forward to, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, somebody that doesn't believe it, it's hard to but you want to try to guide them that way. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. Cuz ultimately if if this world is all that there is, then it then it's even harder to work through the grief of loss and separation because there's not that hope of seeing them again. Right. But if the Bible is true, if Jesus really did resurrect from the dead, if he is the resurrection and the life, then there is hope that we will be able to see our loved ones again. There is hope that we can rise from the dead, that we can live eternally, and that this life is just a Mm -hmm. almost like a training ground. It's a spot, a dot at the end of a rope that goes on forever. Yeah, yeah. And that can be hopeful, not... It is. Yeah. It can be.
1: In in the groups I, I've watched when people sit around um, when somebody new comes to the group it's 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 very hard for them to do that. I understand that.
0: Do you're saying it's hard for them to come or hard for well, them
1: to do what? If they don't know if they don't know you, mm-hmm. it's Leery because I can tell you and we didn't touch on that how we got to know even this ministry. Yeah. Um, but I, I watched one night where uh, a new person came. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always share, we go around in the group at first at the beginning and just share very briefly what why they're there and mm-hmm. if they want to, if they yeah. want to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when it came to this person, it just, she... It was the first time I really experienced that in a group. She just cried. Mm, cried for wow. maybe a half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. We didn't even get to our lesson. But what came out of that group that night is the people that were sitting around there, one lady said, you know, you cannot hold it in because it will, it will just eat you up. She yeah. she's experienced multiple deaths, and she said she had a nervous breakdown her first time. You have to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You
1: have to get it out. Yeah. Don't yeah. be afraid. There's gonna be tears. There's mm-hmm. all the emotions are gonna be there. And they're yeah.
0: okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. yeah. But I watched other people encourage her that night. Mm-hmm. And when we ended our meeting with prayer. Four or five others wanted to pray also. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a group prayer yeah. that went around. And and that's the beauty of a group where mm-hmm. you just see different things.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like you said, people don't have to share their first meeting and maybe for some people it'll take a couple times of mm-hmm. coming and, and, and feeling open to it. But one of the big takeaways, for those of you who are listening, even if you're you're listening in another state and you're not close enough that you could participate in one of these groups find people that are trustworthy people that will listen people that will just be with you mm-hmm. and begin talking about what you're feeling because you're exactly right Dan if we hold something inside it's it's like an acid that what it does is it just eats away at us. It doesn't, it doesn't help. And we have to, we have to just get it out, talk about it and uh, work through it. Now, some people are more talkers than others. And, and, and for some people, maybe it's writing, write it out Mm -hmm. for some people. um, There's other ways they, they work through it, but, eventually there does need to be that processing with with a group with other people um and it's not just for your own sake i would what i'm even hearing you say is as people talk about the loss that they've had they're able to be a blessing to other people yes and we all realize wait a minute we all go through times of grief we all go through times of loss and like you said nancy we're not alone we're not alone. Mm-hmm. Anything else you would want us to? Oh, I, I could I talk we, for hours. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we got, you know, we really covered a lot. Um, any other questions or thoughts you might have, Nancy? I'm sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. beautiful to see how God has used that, is using that. To bless many other people and I think it's a wonderful ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How how did you first get connected with hand evangelism? What was that? Can we just oh, clarify go ahead. something? Yes. When you were saying to me verbally, hand evangelism, I was picturing hand evangelism. Right. But the correct what this word is is handy evangelism yes thank you Just to make that clear and we will have looking it up yeah we will have a link um, if you go to uh, my website com and you go to this podcast there will be a link in the description or even as you're listening to it on your phone if you look at the description we'll have a link in there to the handy evangelism (laughs) website thank you So anyway, back to your question. Yeah, how did you first get connected to the ministry?
1: Uh, Actually, it was a lady from our church here at at Calvary Monument Mm -hmm. that came alongside my wife. Okay. Um, She had lost a son a few years earlier.
0: This lady had also lost a son.
1: Wow. And uh, that was through cancer. Mm. And, you know... There's times when I often wonder today, where would I be if this lady didn't come over mm-hmm. and come beside my wife? Wow. There are just, there's, there's stories I could just tell you about how our home group reached out to us at certain distinct times. Uh, anyhow, this lady took my wife to a meeting. Never heard of this ministry in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a man. I was not going to go. You did
0: not need anything. I did not. Well,
1: <laughs> I, you know, I, I knew I needed something because uh-huh. I was starting to wonder, am I okay? Mm-hmm. I, am I, in my world, am I okay? I went back to work, and, uh, but I still wondered, you know, and that's another story. But she took her to a meeting mm-hmm. and they went. So she came home, and I said, "Well, what did you do? What did you talk about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How did you answer? Mm-hmm. What What did he say? What... Uh-huh. So she answered all the questions. She mm-hmm. went the next month. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go. I still wasn't. Not a thing.
0: But you wanted to know all about it.
1: When she came <laughs> home again, I asked her again, and she yeah. said, "I'm not answering any more questions. Oh. <laughs> I'm not." She She answered that night. And right. she said, you need to go for yourself the next... Yeah. Wow. yeah. So we went together. Right. Hog-tied, kicking, <laughs> not still wanting to go, I went. And uh, when I went into their living room, Tim and Kathy Sheets, uh I sat in there and people were right around the room like we are in here, um, and I listened to everybody. I know what we went through but I heard just little snippets from everybody else and I heard his, his opening, his devotion and the prayer and, and God there was starting to change me already mm-hmm. and um, it was just along with my wife working, it made a long night mm-hmm. and, and then we started to talk about starting our own group down here mm-hmm. and that's just how it progressed but wow. that can be a whole nother yeah story.
0: yeah yeah and oh, hopefully
1: wow. maybe we'll wow. do another podcast sometime and talk about some other things
0: yeah yeah that would be great well that's good i mean and so if anybody's listening and they're thinking i don't know if i want to do this well have the courage mm. give it a shot <laughs> Dan will tell you, he didn't he didn't want to go, but in the end, it, I guess you're thankful you did. Oh, absolutely. It was life-changing. It
1: was. It was very much life-changing. And he continues, you know, when I first went into this, basis was what I focused on. Mm-hmm. But now I see the rest of the ministry. I, I'm going into nursing homes to talk about mm-hmm. different things getting to meet some incredible people, learning why why, are you, why did you get involved teaching at Grief Share? You know, we asked some questions of why they're doing what they're doing, and it's just incredible. There's, there's a big heart right here in Lancaster County for people with disabilities, handicaps, mm-hmm. That that's not a world I know much about, mm-hmm. but it's, it's very much a, a world out there for other people.
0: Uh, they also
1: do another ministry called PIP, People in Progress, mm-hmm. which are for parents, individuals that have that child. Yeah. And it's yeah. a support group that's not very well known out there. And and God has laid it on my heart to help get something down in the southern end. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Because I I see these people come together with issues. Well, who's going to take care of my son when I die, or my yeah. daughter? <laughs> Yeah, my son yeah. is breaking holes in our walls. How? What? Where? Where can I get help? Right. They, but they all help each other out. Yeah. And, and it's still yeah. based. Yeah. But that's another podcast yeah. too. The thing that
0: is consistent is we need community. We need people to connect to, um, and each person, a, a parent who might lose a child or a parent who has a child that has disabilities, there's a sense of grief that each one of those parents has to go through. The reason why groups are often beneficial to people are because whether someone is going through the loss of a child that died, or a person is going through the loss of a child that is born with a disability, there's still a sense of grief that people go through. And it's because Reality doesn't meet our expectations. We have expectations of what life's going to be when we have a child. (laughs) We have expectations that our child will outlive us. And when we go through the grief of realizing it's going to be different than our expectations, it's good to be a part of a group. That's our show for today blessings to you and to those you love. We're glad you have been listening to us talk about living a life that lasts. Now it's your turn. Courageously, sacrificially live this week in such a way that your life will be a life that lasts.